0: Hello, everybody. Welcome in to PNTT halfway um, point. We're going to be talking about uh, and just kind of discussing them, what we think of what's going on so far. And, you know, a lot of these groups, you know, that we're going to be talking about are pretty wide open. There's a lot of teams that could definitely win them. So we're going to start with the Romero group. So, so far, Flagstaff is two and one, Carbondale two and one. Plainview and Denver, one and two. Um, Flagstaff's plus eight. Carbondale's minus four. Plainview's plus four. And then Denver's minus 14. So Flagstaff, I don't think they were expected to um, do this well. But they they got a big upset over Plainview first game by eight points. And, uh, you know, Austin Bailey just dominated that game. And so did Samuel Lane. Uh, Those two... Um, combined for uh, 42 points and 16 for 30 shooting. So that really helps. They also got to the line 35 times, which that's helpful <laughs> um, for for winning a game like that. But Plainview is kind of the, they kind of came into the PNTAT and this group is, okay, they brought in the 36 class. They got a ton of, they got a ton of, uh, just talent, and it's like, okay, if Samuel Slatery and Sydney Hall do anything like they are capable of, they should they should win this group pretty handedly, or at least that's what we thought.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and Plainview is a team with great history, uh, not quite as much recently. A couple of PTTs, but you know, historically they've been a powerhouse out of Conference Twenty Six. And you take a look at the the talent on the team. You know, you mentioned the freshman and that consensus top ten class. Uh, this is Coach Bills, by the way. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You said I was here. Oh, scared. sorry. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no problem. People might recognize me by now. Who knows? Uh, but it's just all through the class. You know, all four classes are very talented. So certainly an intimidating, I think, what were they? The three seed in the group? Is that right? Uh, yeah, in- and
0: they're yeah. they're actually number four as far as class rankings goes in the league. And wow. the top three is Montpelier, San Antonio, and Englewood. San Antonio
1: so, team that I've familiar with after today but go ahead
0: yeah yeah they may i mean they put everyone on notice so yes. this <laughs> yeah for sure um but yeah they're the number four overall like yeah the number four of our overall ranking um so they they got some talent for sure
1: without a doubt but as you said they've scuffled a bit i mean they've lost already to the two teams that presumably they're competing most uh fiercely with for this group i don't mean to exclude denver but as of now, it kind of looks like a three-team, you know, race there among Flagstaff, mm-hmm. Carbondale. As you mentioned, they're both 2 and one Plainview has lost to both of them. And the Carbondale game was very close. You know, it was 62-60. You can go either way. But yeah. for the purposes of this six-game tournament, that's rough to have lost both those games.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. They did make one small change after the first game. So I don't know exactly what that was about Uh Cameron Westbrook, the senior, entered into the starting lineup playing power forward after the first game. And then they moved uh, Rigney to the uh, the shooting guard spot. But other than that, they've kind of kept what they've been doing the, um, the whole tournament. Slater, he's been a little bit disappointing, um, I would say. Uh, well, mainly it was just the Carbondale game. The Carbondale game, he went four for 18 and really struggled. The other games... I think he did great, you know. Um, so he also had five turnovers in that game. So I don't know what it was about that Carbondale game necessarily, but um, yeah, he had. They gave him some fits.
1: Yeah, and he's disappointing relative to expectations, right? Which yes. is very high based on what he did in high school. I mean, he averaged twenty-one and ten and three blocks with great efficiency numbers. I mean, over sixty-one percent true shooting. So I, I doubt Coach Butt Sniffer the vaunted coach, Buttsniffer, is too concerned about Slattery right now. You know, I mean, it's a long season. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be just fine. But, yeah, as you mentioned, he really struggled in that one game. A low-scoring game kind of for everybody. Um, but no, no surprise to see them moving guys around. They, the guy you mentioned, Jack Rigney, uh, playing small forward and shooting guard for them is familiar to me. I remember I was involved in his recruiting. I'm trying to remember, remind myself of the situation, but remember liking him. He's a he's a very smart player, so he may be able to fit in well with all the rest of the talent they've got. Yeah, okay, that was a one-one net tie. They yeah. they won against us. So
0: something to think about for um, moving forward for Plainview. They their next game is uh, St. Louis, who's two and one. Lost the first game, pretty close to a a solid from Peel, your team, and then beat Lubbock and Aurora. And then they play us. Right. And I feel like I, – I, I, I feel good about my team. You're feeling right. good right now. I know yeah. you are.
1: Yeah, two straight wins.
0: Yeah, two straight wins, and we're finally shooting a lot better. And that, that just feels good, you know. And it's like, oh, we can we can shoot 50%. Um, but – so these aren't easy games, but, you know, um, I, I I, wouldn't be shocked to – I. I'd call them the favorite probably in both those games and then the Denver game as well. Just yeah, be- oh. and, and
1: right. I was looking at the schedule too and having a similar reaction with no disrespect to your team at all. It's just Flagstaff and Carbondale play each other. So one of those teams is going to take another loss. Mm-hmm. And Fla- Flagstaff has Inglewood, which is right now ranked two in the country. They have the yeah. freshman class, won all three of their games so far, including, by the way, a blowout over Lansing, which is certainly something to get your attention. Uh, yeah. Carbon Carbondale has a couple of tough games as well They play Dearborn and New York City um, Which I know has been a little frustrating thus far But, you know, another talented team So I think you may be right That if Plainview can figure it out uh, You know, they could just rip off three wins here And, you know, we, things could look very different In this group one week from today
0: I honestly wouldn't be shocked If the winner of this group was 3-3 three and three.
1: Yeah, um. that could happen for sure, I, I yeah. So I mean, I guess it would take. I don't know how good you think Clemson is. Clemson's well, on Flagstaff schedule.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about Flagstaff. Yeah. Okay. So Flagstaff. I mean, those are great wins, you know. And then, um, I, you know, the Aberdeen loss is a little, is a little confusing. Not, not confusing, but Aberdeen hasn't been. As strong as they have been in the past, I think their coach has been trying to figure it out. They did yes. score 80 points in that game. Um, Flagstaff's mm-hmm. known usually for their great defense, so um, that's a little bit surprising that they gave up 80, 80 points in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's been trying some different, some different, uh, different things out, I think, and uh, um, Maybe, maybe it's a sign of good things to come. I don't think, like you said, I don't think they're going to lose to. I don't think they're going to lose to Clemson.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, and but I also don't think they're going to beat Inglewood. <laughs> right, right, right. So it comes down to that Carbondale game, and um, we'll see who wins that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Carbondale has a pretty good shot of beating Dearborn. Yeah. Uh, and, and probably New York City as well. Again, just based on the fact that New York City is still trying to work out some kinks. So um, Carbondale actually probably is in the best position. I think they've got a real good shot of winning those games, and they're probably the favorite against Flagstaff. So since they're a game up on Plainview, I think I would view them as the favorite. But I agree that Plainview being 1-2 and two is in a much better position than teams usually are at 1-2 and yeah. two at this spot.
0: But it comes down, yeah, it's like they've already had their chance to knock off the top teams and they they, they weren't able to do it. So mm-hmm. that, that hurts. That hurts yeah. for sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, one more quick thing on Flagstaff. I mean, you know, we might be being a little bit harsh on them. Like their overall, their rank right now is 107. That reflects yeah. some, you know, lack of talent in the underclass ranks. But they were in the NTT last year.
0: They graduated
1: two starters. Matthew Smith looks pretty replaceable at that small forward spot. Brian Town less so. Really good center, but Chad yeah. Delaney has come in and done a really nice job so far, averaging a double yes. double, uh, three, you know, over three blocks per game. So if he can fill that spot, then you know, and and it's it's an upper class team. You know, juniors and seniors have perfectly reasonable talent. Sophomore class, based on the hardwood ranking, suggests they have one real good player. That's Hernandez, presumably. So you know they're a little undersized, but I think this is a team that's certainly better than its 107 ranking.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, Real quick, let's uh, let's mention let's talk about Carbondale, and then we'll talk about um, Denver a little bit. Um, So Carbondale, uh, you know, it's it's sometimes it's nice, you know, not having to figure out. I mean, you never want a bad class. But sometimes when you don't have to figure out how does this class fit into what I'm, what I was already doing, mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes that's easier. Cause it's like, okay, I can figure out my team and sure. it gives you more success, um, early on. Um, and, uh, you know, Moynihan, he's been shooting great. 59% shooting 17 points per game. Scott Richter, um, you know, 3.3 assists, 1.7 turnovers. Uh, Cole Patrick's doing pretty well. They kind of rely on those three, and then, um, but they're these games are really low scoring. They're really relying on their defense. Uh, the first game, you know, they gave up eighty-two to Denver and lost that one, and then only gave up sixty and sixty-three to Lincoln and Plainview. So, they're, I mean, they got some they they got something going defensively, and they really made Slattery um, struggle there. We talked, yeah, about, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. It's interesting because I, I feel like I tend to think of Carbondale as an explosive team. But you're right. This season that has not been their M.O. I At mean, no least so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's obviously very early. It's just preseason. But, you know, they're playing they're playing slow in two of their three games and have had both of those games in the 60s. Uh, one quick note there on Cole Patrick, who just entered the starting lineup this year after coming in. He was a backup last year. Uh, it's worth taking a look at his stats last year per thirty minutes as a backup. They're really mm-hmm. impressive. I mean, he scored twenty three and a half points per thirty minutes and had two point six steals uh, and on very good efficiency, fifty eight percent true shooting. Hmm. So kind of kind of amazing to me that he couldn't crack the starting lineup last year. Although I can understand it, you know, with the one two three they had last yeah. season, some good players. They had Jeffrey Romeo, who is now has now graduated. That's how Patrick has been able to get in, but. I mean, those are some of the best per-30 numbers I've seen for a bench player who's playing just 11 minutes a game. So, you know, it's they haven't been very good offensively thus far, but with him and with Moynihan, I imagine they may uh, break out a little. And, and Richter, too. They may break out offensively before too long.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then Denver, um, one and two, but, you know, nice one over over Carbondale. They they kept Inglewood respect. Respectable only lost by fifteen. Like that that's some I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean I'm not I'm not much for moral victories, but sure. Um that's that's a really, really talented team. Uh yeah, got Montpelier next, and Montpelier is probably as high as anybody right now. They just knocked off the defending champs for the peanut and also for the NPT. Um Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, and then a two and one Des Moines. And then Plainview, who has a high ranking, they got talent. So, I mean, I but you know, I don't see them winning the next game. But Des Moines and Plainview are are up for the are up for grabs. I think they could win both of those. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Those 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 games are winnable. But the Montpelier game creates a real problem for them because they're gonna. I mean, they're gonna yeah. be one one and three most likely. And I know you said the winner of this group could be. Three and three, and that's possible, but they probably would not have the point differential advantage, even in a scenario where they're tied. Well, I don't, the I don't think the three. schedule makers did them any
0: favors. No, uh, well, yeah. who,
1: who makes the schedule anyway?
0: Uh, it's actually kind of random. So um, <laughs> I used to make it, and now uh, K Money kind of uh, has an algorithm that it that it makes it. So oh, okay, so you can right avoid now. the blame. Got it. <laughs> I don't get the blame. No, it just makes it easier on me. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, um, yeah. Well, you want to talk about the next group? Yeah, let's do it. Or, are, are you predicting Carbondale to win that group?
1: Uh, the more I looked at it, I think so. I mean, they have not had an impressive run thus far, for <clears throat> sure. Um, But, you know, you were kind of selling me on the Plainview thing. I was buying it. But now I think one of those two-in-one teams will hang on. And Flagstaff has Inglewood, so I'll give Carbondale the benefit of the doubt as the, the tiebreaker there. I also think Ethan Moynihan might be the best player in this group. Mm. Um, so he's certainly way up there. So, yeah, I'll go with Carbondale. What do you think? Are you, you going to take Plainview? Well, if I'm taking Plainview, I'm probably picking him to beat
0: me, <laughs> which I don't want. Him. Yeah, okay. Well, you got to pick somebody. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Carbondale, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, um, cool. Let's talk about the Gonzalez group. Uh, St. Paul's looked pretty good out of the gates, you know. Uh, they've, you know, blue, blue always, you know, has his team churning, and they usually do pretty well in the regular season of this tournament. He's tried a few different things. And Khalid Newcomb, he's from, he uh, started off at shooting guard the first game, and then he's moved to the bench for the second couple games he played uh that second game against uh fremont was was a big one you know Uh, and he went zone and you know fremont struggled a little bit uh part of part of what helped st paul so much that game was they got to the line 32 times now fremont they played really good free-throw defense in that game. They held them to 53.1% from the free-throw line on those 32. The fans were really waving some distracting
1: pictures, I think, in this stage. yeah, That must have been it.
0: Yeah. And Fremont did well from the line. You know, they, St. Paul has to step up their free-throw defense. They're giving up 92.3. But um, but Ambrin just – he did not he, – he struggled that game. Um, he went 10 for 27. The zone, I think, really – Really bothered them, um, you know. St. Paul's just so deep; they have so many different players that can do a lot of different things, and um, you never really know which one's going to step up on which night. But uh, you know, they they win the first game uh, pretty handily, twenty two over Des Moines, beat a solid Fremont team by uh, nine, and then they play Clemson, a game I think most of us would say, "Oh, they should they should probably win this game." And, um, you know, uh, Matthew Johnson had a chance to tie it up tie it up with uh, 11 seconds left, but he shot a two instead of a three um, to bring him within one. And then they didn't follow him after that. So uh, that's, that's
1: tough. Yeah. Well, I what his intelligence is there.
0: It, it, well, yeah, they, it was kind of one of those ones where they just kind of passed it around and uh, oh, actually,
1: Matt. this is freshman Matthew Johnston from Green Bay last year. I remember him because so I thought yeah. about him. I'm pretty sure he had, like, a 4.0 GPA. I got to look at this. I really think that's true, though.
0: Uh, you know what? I'm sure you're right. I'm sure you're
1: right. I'm not sure I'm right, but I think I'm right. I'm going to check this while you're talking. Keep going.
0: Well, I believe you. <laughs> um. So that was just a – I mean, that was a game they snuck out, you know, and that wasn't, you know – uh, Collier had a decent game. Uh James Hall off the bench went nine for third uh, thirteen in that game. So and his four all four of his misses were from beyond the arc. So um you know, Blue's got some guys, you know, and each night it's a different guy that shows up. You never know where he's gonna put people in the lineup. He's gonna try and slow your top guys down and um I mean he shot fifty four percent tonight. They shot a lot better from the line, 8 for 9. Yeah, but coming up, he's got a tough game against Yakima. And, um, I mean, the other two are Aurora and Aberdeen. Those are also tough games, but, um, you know, I I think this could go a lot of different ways. And uh, the tough thing is that, like, even though he's got a pretty big point differential and stuff like that, he still has some stuff to prove um, with Fremont and Des Moines just lurking and waiting to uh, waiting to strike if they do slip up.
1: Yeah, I mean, okay, so first of all, I was dead wrong about Matthew Johnston. He has reasonable intelligence, two point eight six sixty one, so fine. But he did not have a 4.0 GPA. Not sure where I got that. My apologies. Uh, I, I think St. Paul is in pretty pretty solid position, this group, with that nice yeah. point differential advantage. It's almost I mean,
0: like a two-game cushion.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean Aberdeen has been struggling. It's a it's a good program that did pull off the win today, as, as we talked about earlier. Uh, but that probably is a game St. Paul can win. And I mean, I I will say I'm very impressed with what St. Paul is doing early on, having lost two really good starters in Gonzalez and Ewing from last year's you know Sweet Sixteen team, um, or uh, Elite A team actually. Excuse me. So I I don't know. I mean, they they obviously have some talent coming back and. Who knows how to use it, and from what they've done thus far, I, th- I think they can probably go five and one. Um, yeah, which, which would be which would be good enough, uh, you know, almost certainly. So, and, I mean, having beaten Fremont already, I realize that's not the tiebreaker, but still, it helps. Um, Fremont yeah. does have what looks like an easy-ish schedule. I mean, Fremont Fremont's
0: always, the team that can do it. If if, yeah. if there's, but yeah. you know, they played Pueblo today and they only beat him by six.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean Playboy is a team in my group that has been struggling, I know. So um, that is not a particularly impressive win. It's true. I mean they're But Huntsville's they, they have also a
0: lost a the game by forty five already, so
1: Right. You know. Right, yeah. Although to be fair to Huntsville, they have the number one strength of schedule in the whole country, so for now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but yeah, you know, they haven't they haven't won. You figure Fremont probably wins that game. Ames um, has had a decent preseason um, win over San Jose and a reasonable and respectable loss to Huntington Beach. But again, I would think Fremont's probably the favorite there. So they, they may very well be able to roll off three wins and put put some pressure. Uh, and I, I guess probably the point you were making with the Huntsville having lost by 45 is maybe Fremont can undo some of that disadvantage they have right now and point to potential. Yeah, yeah, of course, it's all in the future but and then you got yeah. that
0: rivalry game against Ames their friends from mm-hmm. high school and then Des Moines so I mean I don't know I think Fremont has a I mean I think they have a decent chance of going free and out here and yeah. which would put them easily in the mix for an at-large bid into the PNTT playoffs um right also could win but you know, even if they're four and two, they got a solid chance, I think. So, yeah. And then you don't want to count out Des Moines either. Um, Des Moines, I think their schedule is very favorable. I think both teams will be, I think there's a good chance both teams are four and one heading into um, game three against each other. They play San Jose and they play Denver. Um, you know, they, uh, you know, Des Moines, Des Moines brought in a great freshman class. They're not starting any of them, they're, they're all playing off the bench and, they seem to be doing fine without him. So,
1: I I don't know. I'm not totally buying Des Moines. I, I kind of think San Jose might beat him, uh, to be honest. I mean, yeah. even though San Jose has that ranking down at 148, you know, this was a team that was in the Sweet 16 last year. Graduated three starters. Uh, maybe I'm a little biased because they broke a 3-3 tie I was in. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Finlay at point guard. But I will say, you know, because I followed Finlay's early career here, uh, he did not coach in game one. Uh, Finlay was at center. So that game, I think you really have to throw out. And Finlay, for those who don't know him, is 6-2. So that was not an intentional choice. Uh, Marshall Lennon, I'm pretty sure, was a tie as well that they broke. Uh, hmm. And we know they still have Combs uh, playing, some, playing a small forward with the impressive hardwood ranking the sophomore. So I think that team, even though they haven't won a game yet, uh, you know, they had, like I said, throw out game one. They had a close loss today. Uh, I think they could very well come through and beat Des Moines and, you know, maybe not knock them out officially, but, you know, for all intents and purposes make it a two-team race in this group.
0: Yeah, I can see. I, I can see that. Um, Let's look at the last team, Aberdeen. Uh, you know, Aberdeen, they brought in that freshman class with Peter Adams and he's been trying some stuff. Like, he's like, okay, how do I get the most out of Peter Adams? And he hasn't played great uh, for the size of tie He was. Um, he shot 42, 38, and 33% from the field. Um, doing okay with rebounds, but it wasn't the. It was, I mean, you know, after losing a guy like Reginald O'Donnell, you got to. And Zachary Estrada, you know, um, he, you were your top two scorers. You're kind of thinking, okay. What can I do? How can I get more scoring? And um, you kind of hope Peter Adams is that guy, but he just hasn't been that yet. I think sometimes it's really hard to just break in a center and have him figure out how do do you get a center to be efficient and to score because sometimes they don't shoot enough. Sometimes they shoot a lot and don't make it. So it's, you know, this guy's a stud. He scored 16.7 points and fifty-six point two percent true shooting in high school. Um I mean, he's got some talent, He's just gotta figure out how do I put it all together. I mean, obviously ten rebounds, three and a half assists, one steal, three blocks. So he's a playmaker too. Um yeah, I I think I think Nash yeah, is trying to figure out what's what's best for this team and how do I get him to win.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Adams will have a very good career as soon as Nav can get a little scoring around him, right? Because as you ticked off his high school stats, those are great stats, but he's not like a 30 points a game guy, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, he's he's a balanced center who can do a little bit of everything and can probably be a second or third scoring option on a really good team. And this team is good, but unfortunately, as you said, lost O'Donnell, lost Estrada. Those guys accounted for over half of their points last year as a team. Uh, so it's really tough to replace those guys and it's going to put a strain on Adams, you know, so his shooting percentage is going to be lower because he's, you know, a number one option, maybe, you know, one B with Dustin Brown as the one a uh, whereas if they can bring in another O'Donnell next season, you know, Adams could have a much easier time of it. But I was going to say, I don't think Aberdeen, Aberdeen necessarily will be eliminated from this group over the next couple games. I mean, They've got St. Paul on Friday, and I think St. Paul is better, so I don't see them winning the group. But I would not be shocked to see them beat Charlotte. I think that's a relatively even game. Uh, Charlotte is just not what they were last year, as their coach has admitted a couple different times on, on the message board. I mean, Charlotte certainly could win. I don't mean to say, like, that's an easy game for Aberdeen, but it's. A, I think it's a winnable game. And then Ocala has struggled as well, um, as you know. So, you know, th- those are games that Aberdeen could win, and we could see them. Coming into the final game at three and two, you know, they would be eliminated if, if St. Paul can stay undefeated if St. Paul is five and zero, oh, that's one thing. But, you know, if St. Paul stumbles even once, um, yeah. you know, I, I realize there are a few teams ahead of them. We already talked about the fact that Fremont may run the week and get yeah. to five and one. So probably a little too optimistic here for Aberdeen. But point is, they, they could win a couple games this week.
0: Yeah, and I think we're trying to come up with scenarios where St. Paul doesn't win this group. Um, Yeah, which I'm not predicting. I think St. Paul will win the group. Yeah, which is very unlikely, I think. And, uh, you know, St. Paul's got a great team. They look great. Um, Yeah, and yeah, so anyway. Um, Cool. Let's uh, move on to the next group. We have the... Uh, Stevenson group. So this is an interesting one. Um, you look at these teams and it's like, okay, there's not a lot of like, I mean, you know, these teams look pretty even, you know, on, on paper at least from what, from what I can tell. Ames, you said they benefited from getting um, a team that wasn't completely prepared in San Jose in the first game. They won that by eight against a team that didn't start their uh, their freshman sensation, right?
1: Well, they they started him at center. They, they had start, oh, this, six six-two freshman at center and the six-eleven freshman at shooting guard. So oh. you know maybe that was an intentional choice, but I don't think so. <laughs> Finlay has been moved to point guard since then.
0: I'm gonna guess not. <laughs> yeah, it's kind
1: of It's kind of crazy because he
0: actually outperformed Christian David at that game. Yeah, <laughs> like, he did,
1: he did all right.
0: He did all right. He did all right. Um, yeah, Hector Check on. He didn't, he didn't do it as well. Um, yeah. Um, point guard.
1: It's, it's, it's Lennon. Lennon's the other freshman. Oh, Lennon. Guard. He was, he was um, all right, too. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that, that's a tough one. You got to figure they, they have a better chance to win that game with those guys in the right spots. Yep.
0: But then they beat Albuquerque by 13, lose to Huntington Beach by 9. I mean, Huntington Beach is a really solid team, so... Um, have to say, Caleb Swanson, he's a really, I mean, he's a stud. Uh, he, you know, last year he shot 49.6%, 33.9 uh, from three, 22 points a game. Nathan Wheeler had 20 points a game last year on 53.5% true shooting. So he really relies on them. He brought back every player on his team. Last year they made it to the uh, final in the PN in the PTT. So you got those. And then you kind of bring in Gavin Patterson, who is a solid player too. So this, this coach, coach Jacob X, um, XC cross country, 16, year he graduated from high school or something. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he, he's building something here. You can tell, um, he's got some stuff. They struggled against a really good Huntington Beach team. That team's talented. They bring in great players every year and uh, year in, year out. Um, but, you know, they've they've done what they've had to do. Next up, they got us, Nashville, and then they got Fremont, rivalry game, and then Aurora. I mean, you know, uh, I don't think this I, – I think this team's good. I'm not sure how good they are. Um It's tough to say because the the only competition that they've played that, um, you know, is a playoff contender is 100 people. So we'll see. What do you think?
1: Yeah, this group is really interesting to me. Very difficult to figure out. I mean, Ames is in the best position they've already beaten San Jose and Albuquerque. Would you call uh, it the weakest group? <laughs> uh, I haven't looked at every single group to be able to make that proclamation. Uh, and I know we're going to talk about the, the Bear group coming up. And, yep. um, you know, there's the larger group, too. But certainly, yeah, yeah. certainly well, it's, I'm not- it's notably weaker than the ones we've talked about thus far uh, and a few other yep. groups that I'm familiar with as well, without yeah. a doubt. Um and I mean, I, it's a little unfair to Ames to say what I was about to say. I was about to say like they kind of are doing like a circle thing where each team is beating you know another team, and, and mm-hmm. but that's not true. Really, Ames has won its two games against the group, so yeah. you know they're in they're in a good spot. Um, but you know, you look, Albuquerque has beaten Aurora, and Aurora has beaten San Jose. But when you look at some of the talent that these teams have, Aurora looks like it could be the most talented team. Yeah. Uh, So it's just, it's not clear to me. I mean, looking at Ames' schedule, you called it out. We kind of already said we think Fremont is likely to win that game on Wednesday. Although, as you mentioned, rivalry game, anything can happen there. Uh, You guys have been playing very well, Nashville, that is. So certainly, certainly you could see Nashville win on Monday. So Ames could go into that game against Aurora very possibly. At two and three as opposed to two and one Uh, and if Aurora ends up winning that game that would complete this you know sort of cycle among these top three teams in the group Um, so but certainly you're right to credit Ames right it's a team with some young talent a couple you know hardwood classes freshmen and sophomores Uh, they seem to be on the upswing after making that PTT final last year so whether or not it's this year uh, they probably will be in the PNTT playoffs sooner rather than later. Presumably yeah. they continue to participate.
0: Yeah, I think they're a solid team. And, like, I think they're very, very talented. Like, I think they're on the on, on the up and up. It's just not a team that you look at and you think, oh, this team should be a playoff, playoff contender. But they are because they're yeah. care of business in the games that they should have. And you can't fault a team for that. And you can't fault a team for losing – uh, to a team like Huntington Beach who is a playoff contender.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean the group just sets up pretty well for them. They probably have, I mean, they have, all, all these teams have tough schedules, I think yeah, they, they have do. a tough schedule. Albuquerque has a really tough schedule. we can talk about them. Aurora has a very tough schedule. So it's not really clear to me how anybody is gonna necessarily make enough headway. To come back on Ames in this group, uh, San Jose has the easiest schedule, but they're zero three, and you know they, they haven't really shown that much so far. So uh, you know, yeah. who knows?
0: Let's talk about Aurora. I know they're only one and two, so they're a little further down, but um, I mean, it, like you said, I think they're the mo- they have the most talent. Um, yeah. You know, you got a twenty three eleven freshman class, headlined by Talha Brown, um, who. You know, he shot incredible in high school. At small four, he shot 62% on six, 16 points, 1.7 steals. So he's a guy that he, he seemed like he was a perfect fit for a shooting guard. He just hasn't performed as well as um, Coach was hoping, I think. I would say that's
1: an understatement. I mean, he's, yeah. shooting, he's shooting 28% from the field and scoring four points a game. But go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, and I
0: mean, this this is a team um, that lost. They're two big men. They lost to Sebastian Weber and Caleb Cottrell, both solid players. Last year, Omar Marks shot a ton. Um, and though he wasn't, like, had a, he had a 42.5% field goal percentage, he was 54.9% true um, shooting because he shot so many threes. About half his shots were threes. And then he got to the free throw line a lot. And he made a lot from the free throw line. So far, you know, he... Um, He's doing very similar things to what he did last year. He's he's a high volume shooter that is fairly efficient, you know. Uh, but he's put in uh, Car- uh, Carson Shoemate at center, and then he's tried a few different things. He's tried Clyde Romero, Romero, Anthony Jackson at um, power forward. He, yeah, I I can I can tell him Cook's just trying different things, seeing. You know, what works, what doesn't, and I think it'd make it a lot easier if Tal Brown would stop getting in foul trouble and stop missing all his
1: shots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can agree with that analysis for sure. Uh, you know, I mean, as as we say a lot, it's tough for these teams that are have graduated some talent and are immediately oh, yeah. thrown into the fire in the PNTT, right? Uh, I mean, I know my team is one of them. Uh, so, it, it happens. You lose somebody who's important to your team, or in Aurora's case, two starters. You know, you're not going to be... what you, You'll be better at the end of the year than at the beginning of the year. But, unfortunately, yeah. the tournament happens at the beginning of the year. This one does. So, yeah. uh, you know, just have to, to work it out. Um, and, I don't know. I, I, I don't see them turning things around in time, given the schedule they have.
0: Yeah. I mean, I but... Yeah, I mean, Lubbock's going to be tough. St. Paul's going to be tough. Right. Um, so, but if you win one of those and um, Ames drops there too, two tough teams, you know, you get you split those. Ames drops one of theirs, and you have a shot, right? If you. Yeah, can. yeah,
1: yeah. It's true. And as we said, Albuquerque has a very tough schedule too. They're playing Clearwater and Rockford, so those are not but easy games at all.
0: Let's talk about Albuquerque. So they yeah. won their first game against. Uh, Aurora by 13, lost by 13 to Ames, and then they came back and won by 11 versus Virginia Beach. Uh, Albuquerque, you said they have a tough schedule, but uh, Muhammad Williams, this guy, I mean, this is this this is the uh, thorn in your side. The one, uh, yeah, I know. The one I'm, they the got away. I'm the
1: president of the Muhammad Williams fan club. <laughs> so I he mean, he's
0: well, he shot 8.33s per game, and he's made 48% of them. He is shooting better from three-point land than field goal and from free throw, <laughs> um, which is pretty hard to do. And then he added Cameron Jamison. Um, I forget what size Ty Jameson was in high school, but 18, pretty point, big.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, 18 point per game score, 58.9% true shooting, 11.6 rebounds, 3.8 blocks. So this guy, I mean, he's, he's a pretty solid guy. And they also brought in Mason Hood. Um, this class, it seems like they were underrated by... Um, the Mags, but, uh, you know, they're 2-1. and They've taken care of business other than that Ames game. I'm not exactly sure what happened in that game. Let me look. Uh, You know, Ames played well. They shot 47%, held them to 43%, um, 43%, and, uh, you know, they won the offensive rebound battle, um, and they got to the line about um, three more times. So, uh, that's how I mean. That's that's a little bit about how, how they won. They did everything a little better, you know, and uh, yeah. But Albuquerque's got a tough schedule coming up, so they got Clearwater, Rockford, and San Jose. And oh, I would think San Jose's going to be getting better as the year goes on. Um, Clearwater, Rockford are both solid teams in in and of themselves.
1: Without yeah. a doubt, for sure, those are very very tough out of group games. Uh, but Albuquerque is certainly better than its 149 ranking. And it's just, I mean, you said the freshman class is underranked, and I agree. And that's true of the sophomore class as well. I mean, we can joke about, uh, you know, my guy, Muhammad Williams, but he's been good, even though that class is, is you know, in the triple digits according to both magazines. And yeah. better sim hoops than hardwood. so not really any respect for Williams there. Uh, yeah. but, you know, this is a team that was in the NTT last year. Uh, lost its starting power forward and center, very similar to Aurora. So probably won't be as good as it was. But with with Jamison coming in and Mason Hood as well, um, you know they, they should still be a factor in Conference Thirty Two eventually, and in this group. I think if it weren't for their very tough schedule with those Clearwater and Rockford games, I would think they had a real good chance to come out of the group. But uh, those games give me a lot of pause. So. Uh, looking through Aurora and Albuquerque and their schedules over these past few minutes has given me increased confidence that Ames is likely to, to hang on in this group. Obviously, nothing's guaranteed. We have a whole second half of, of play uh, with three more games in another week. Yeah. But I, I do think Ames should be considered the favorite and not just because they've got the, the lead right now.
0: All right. yeah. right. Let's talk about the last team, Virginia Beach. They won their first game against... Um, wait... Virginia Beach is not in this group. Yeah, it's
1: (laughs) San Jose, right.
0: But Okay, San Jose, yeah. So, San Jose, you know, we we – yeah, so uh, Combs, you know, he's been playing pretty well, 58.8% shooting, 20 points per game. I think, uh, you know, Lennon played out of position one game, but um, probably not as great as he was hoping. What do you think of Finley? I mean, you were on him. What do you think he's performed – um, better, worse um, than you expected so far. It's,
1: just, it's tough to say. I mean, as we said, he was out of position in the first game. Uh, played pretty well at center, you know, being asked to do a lot. Yeah. In,
0: the, in this,
1: in the second game, he had eight points and eight assists and no turnovers. And in the third game, uh, you know, he had thirteen points, five assists, and a turnover. So when you kind of look at all three of those games, uh, they're they're pretty good, you know. I mean. I don't know that he really should have been a 3 3 tie. He had some gaudy attributes with a poor scout. And uh, as the season went on, his points dropped considerably. So he's, he probably is not the scorer that I initially thought he was, although he was pretty efficient in high school, uh, scored over, you know, had over 60% true shooting percentage. Um, but he, he's supposed to be sort of a do it all point guard, somebody who can score, defend, and pass. Uh, and right now, he's mostly just passing. You know, he's got 6.1 assists per 30 minutes and 0.7 turnovers. He only has 0.3 steals. Yeah. Um, so I would say not quite up to the level, I would expect. But, you know, this will be about who he is. As as the season goes on, I imagine those steal numbers will improve. What he, what he really is supposed to do is improve the play of those around him, right? He should make things easier for Combs yep. and easier for Marshall Lennon, the freshman big guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know that that has been happening thus far. So you know, Coach Rideau is going to have to find a combination, uh, you know, style to play and, you know, the right lineup and everything uh, to sort of unlock what the rest of the team can do. Uh, But, you know, it could take a freshman point guard some time when that's the role that he's supposed to fill. So I think he's been fine thus far. He's certainly not setting the world on fire, but I wouldn't be upset about his play either, especially given that he's only played two games at point guard.
0: Definitely, definitely, and I mean they're losing thirty-eight point um, five points uh, from their senior, from their seniors who left last year. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. hard to replace, and they weren't a they weren't a prolific scoring team last year. They scored seventy-four point four points a game, so uh, just something to something to think about.
1: You know, we said you said is this group the weakest group, and if it is, it's because everybody except maybe Ames lost a lot from last year's team, right? Yeah. I mean. Albuquerque and Aurora both lost two important starters and San Jose lost three starters. So, you know, I mean, you know, the groups get formed I know based on how play goes last year and that's how the seeds work and everything. And that's how it has to be. You know, we don't know what kind of recruits anybody's going to bring in. Uh, but sometimes there are going to be situations where an entire group is a little worse this year than it was last year. And I think this is that situation. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh. Let's, let's transition
0: to, Okay, so we're going to start with Hot Springs, and I i don't know, I guess I was talking at him on, on the message boards, uh, <laughs> and he's like, you know what, you probably, you probably were right to, and then he goes on this, he goes on this, like, he, he goes on to say that our string of recruiting luck finally graduated out, and we failed to put any points until the fifth week later. Yeah, you saw this,
1: okay, great, I, I already posted back on the message board, this was shocking. He's got a 12-10 class, and he didn't put, recruit until week-end. <coughs> How is that possible? I
0: don't know, but I,
1: I need to do whatever he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the rest of us are really falling asleep on the job. If these three players were presumably unrecruited for the first four or five weeks of the season?
0: I, I guess so. I guess so. Um, you know, and you look at these players, and it's not like, oh, man. I mean, they're good. Yeah, yeah. But you don't look at them, and I, I mean, I can see why they went unrecruited. Like, sure. I—I'm not looking at their ratings. I don't know what that. Oh, is, I'm looking right
1: now. I'm going to check right now for you. Joseph but they're Cooper. all good
0: defenders. It looks like they can all pass a little bit. They can all shoot a little bit, and they're efficient shooting. So, um,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, Cooper does not have impressive rankings with a, with rating attributes. Excuse me, with a fair scout, I won't go through everything. But uh, Hunley, a little bit better, but he's six-two, excellent scouted. Not, not a lot of upside so yeah i mean this is i guess these are the guys who could be available long had some nice nice readings but a poor scout and you know who knows where his stats were at week five so that could be why he was available but interesting so they
0: got you guys next um and True. they're and they've won all their games uh you know the, they uh, i talked at length about their game versus Huntington Tim beach because i don't think i've I don't think I've seen 44 free throws in a game. <laughs>
1: Have you? I, I, not that I remember off the top of my head. That is a lot.
0: Yeah. Um, so they scored a lot of points, but mainly because they had they made 32 free throws in that game. Yes. Um, and beat a really solid team, though. But They beat a really solid team. Mm-hmm. Then they go on and they beat Lincoln, and Lincoln's trying to figure out um, their cells, you know, working in Michael Kahn into their, into their lineup, who you know, I talked a little bit about him. He's he's great, but he's he's no. He, I mean, he's great, and he was I think a fourteen fourteen tie. But, wow. he, but he's he's also not as good as Anthony Bayer. <laughs> yeah. Anthony Bayer's incredible. Um. So and he's had his struggles. Only forty percent from the field so far. Much of that was because he had a bad game, um, against Carbondale today. <laughs> I, I think I'm noticing a trend that Carbondale does pretty well against the uh, opposing big one <laughs> yeah you're right
1: that's a good point
0: so um maybe not always his fault uh yeah so but uh you know they beat they beat Jefferson City they beat hot springs by eight all these are all single digit wins but they're winning he's switching up his lineup a little bit and so um or sorry sorry I messed that one up um, they beat they beat Lincoln and they beat uh, Huntington Beach. They haven't played Jefferson City yet. Yeah. So next and then they beat Macon um, by 12. So next up they have you guys. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, how do you feel
1: about that game? <laughs> I mean it's certainly an interesting one given how good how good they've been thus far. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you take a look at what they've done. They've had two of those freshmen in the starting lineup. And I mean, we were talking about this a little bit outside of a podcast, how balanced scoring can sometimes make up for, you know, lacking one superstar scorer, right? And yeah. that's what they have. I mean, Hot Springs has five players averaging in double figures right now, almost yeah. all in the starting lineup. So, you know, the, we, we said this, right? The pressure in, on, like when we were talking about Aberdeen, Peter Adams has a lot of pressure on him because they don't have quite as much scoring as I'm sure Nath wants right now. Uh, Hot Springs, by contrast, has enough scoring that nobody has <laughs> a huge load, yep. and they all can, they all can just be you know doing a little bit and contributing. So, and that's sort of how the team functioned last year. They had three guys in double figures, and then one who was at nine point nine. But now McGee has been scoring a little bit more thus far early on as the center, uh, and these freshmen have come in and, and really shored things up. So, it's going to be a tough team to defend. Because there's no one guy you can key on.
0: Yeah. And look at the guy that your thirty point per game scorer has to go up against. He's he's gotta go up against uh Hunley, he's averaging two point seven steals. Um, you know, Yeah, early.
1: and it's not like there's some good option to move him around. I mean, you know, yeah. they've got two point seven steals at shooting guard, one point seven steals at point guard, one point seven steals at small forward. So yeah. yeah, that's some impressive backcourt
0: defense there. And it's early. I mean, you don't wanna like Take stats as gospel after three games, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's 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 a trend. And he was a good defender. You could tell he was a good defender in high school. Um, he had one point uh, three steals, um, playing out of position, playing, playing, small, forward, playing yeah, small, playing a yeah, small, at, yeah, six two at small forward. So, yeah, interesting team. Yeah, so yeah, they're but their schedule, like I said, they're three and zero, but their schedule gets tougher. They got you guys. They got Clearwater and Jefferson City is a tough team. Play games. Um, so, let's look at the first uh, two and one team in there. That's um, Huntington Beach, who lost that first game to Hot Springs, but beat Jefferson City by seven, beat Ames by nine. I talked a little bit about how uh, Bobby was booby booby dancing in that um, in that uh, first game where they were up, and then Huntington Beach just came on. And I just think this team's really talented. They got Wooster. And then they got Clemson-Lincoln. Lincoln has not been as good as they were last year. So, But the, but they have a solid team. I mean, in Clemson, you know, Clemson's been struggling a little bit. So uh, they did beat Reno, but they lost to St. Paul. It, well, they, they came with them one at St. Paul. So, and then they got killed by uh, Van which you can't blame them for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, Huntington Beach should well, – well, I think that game versus Worcester is really important for both teams as they try to make a push for the uh, PNTP playoffs.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that completely. Worcester has been impressive thus far. I mean, they lost their first game by one point. I know we're not going to talk about Worcester here because it's not their group, but just to give some context for the matchup that Huntington Beach has to play, they lost by one to Inglewood uh, and then beat Macon by 12 and then blew out Boise today by 31. That one really caught my eye because
0: Boise
1: Boise is in my group. So to see Worcester – and we have to play Worcester on Wednesday. So you know to see Worcester win a game like that by over 30 points is very impressive. So I agree totally with with what you said that it's going to be a very important game for both of those teams, Huntington Beach and Worcester. I I tend to think Huntington Beach, I I think the way you do, I think they're a really good team. I think they are probably the most talented team in this group. Uh, You know, they have a little bit of a deficit to try to make up against Hot Springs. Uh, (laughs) Whether they can do it, I don't know. But, you know – they're only 15 points behind in point differential and a game behind, meaning that if they catch up in the game, they'll probably catch up in point differential as well. Uh, yeah. So, you know, if Huntington Beach can win the Worcester game, <clears throat> the next two games after that are a little bit easier, Clemson and Lincoln. So it, it's pretty easy to envision Huntington Beach being at 5-1 and one at the end of the week. Hot Springs just stumbling even once uh, and Huntington Beach taking the group.
0: Yeah. So... Uh next up we got Jefferson City and Bobby. Um they got a they got a pretty nice win over a really solid uh um, New York City team today. Um Russell Bristol has been, you know, being Russell Bristol, taking yep. 10 threes, uh making four of them, 61.4% true shooting, Dalton Win uh Forty-nine point seven percent. Sure, shooting twenty points. They really rely on those two, and then the rest are kind of like, okay, we got some big men, we got some defenders, guys that can pass and get it to the rest of them. Um, you know that I I expect them to be Reno. What do you think of this Boise team that they have on their schedule? You, you said they're in your group. Um, I mean, I'm not sure what to think of them. I think there's they're talented, but you know, you when you see a game like today against you kind of scratch your head and they and they lost to they lost to Hershey who's I mean you know your dad's team a little bit um, yeah they gave up 90 they gave up 102 points to Hershey like that that seems like a lot And they give
1: <laughs> that that is a lot right uh, and I mean I can tell you the coach of Hershey doesn't think that highly of his team so it's it's it was surprising I think to see that result. Although Hershey has looked pretty good in all three preseason games, and I, I'd like to think they're decent because we beat them by 10. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, Bo- Boise is a little bit of an enigma. And, I mean, this has been their Achilles heel throughout their little three-season run here, right? I mean, they were a one-seed in the NTT two seasons ago and lost in the first round. Last year were a four-seed and lost in the second round. And they have this tendency to give up high point totals. I mean, and that – first round upset 116 game against Branson a couple seasons ago, pretty sure they gave up over a hundred points in that game. Hmm. So as talented as they are, they have some struggles with defense at times, and that's going to make you inconsistent. You know, you wouldn't think it would be to the tune of a 31 point loss to anybody when Boise has as much talent as it does. But, um, you know, for whatever reason they will at times give up some really high point totals. Um, but it doesn't mean they're an easy out either at all. I mean, You know, it's it's a good team despite some of those results. I yeah. mean, so I guess maybe the, the moral here is Bristol and Wynn could have some huge games for Jefferson City against Boise, maybe. Uh, but Boise still could win. It, you know, that could be a game where both teams hit the hundreds. Who knows?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, So we talked about Lincoln a little bit, but... um. Yeah. What do you think of Lincoln? You, yeah. You see them. Yeah. They've lost three, but, um, yeah. What do you think? So, okay. My
1: first reaction, and I would like your opinion on this. This is a more general point. So they lost Anthony bear, right? Superstar. Yep. Well, I remember him. He was from conference 32, our neck of the woods. He was probably a four, four, five, five. I don't know. Uh, then they, they, so they lose him. They bring in a fourteen-fourteen tie. Uh, a trend that I've noticed is it just seems like when you lose some great player, uh, I don't know. It doesn't even have to be a big tie, just a great player. You seem to have a better chance of bringing in a a great player. I I keep noticing this. And if you look at the, how to play, it only says returning talent, returning height are factored in. So presumably we're just wrong, but you know, I'm glad to see that you don't think I'm crazy. It just seems like graduating talent, has some impact. And I'm kind of kicking myself, honestly, because, you know, we lost Jonathan Crowley, an all-league performer, and yep. I didn't get an, I didn't get myself in enough big ties. I was in two ties last year. It's just not enough of a sample. It might have yep. been the year to kind of put myself out there. But before that, I was on this four-year cycle of, like, you know, Crowley, and before him was Jaheim Baker, who was a tie, you know, and a great player. Before him was Tanner Inouye. And, I you know, yep. it's probably just my own experience, and I'm, you know, drawing too much from it. But seeing this with Lincoln, losing Bear and bringing in Khan, uh, it just makes me wonder if there's something to that. And I almost wonder if, if I should post about it or ask K-Money. You know, like I said, the instructions say what they say. You know, he knows what he's doing. I'm yeah. probably just imagining things. But So that's that's my first point about Lincoln. Second, I just agree with what you said, right? No matter how good Khan is or will be, he's not Bear. Bear was unbelievable last year. You know, 20 points, th- th- almost 14 rebounds per game almost four blocks, 27.4 game score. So uh, as as good as the team was, he was the primary driver of their success. And yeah. not having him just makes things tough. And they will probably be a factor, I would think, as the season goes on in Conference 26. Um, you, know, you know, There's no obvious dominant team there. But in this group, they're already 0-3. They have to play San Antonio. Uh, they have to play Huntington Beach. They have to play yep. Yuma. So it's just, I would think this team will be fine, and they they still have some returning talent, Andrew Patrick, most notably, (laughs) senior power forward. But I I can't see them really climbing the standings too much in this group.
0: Yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, Well, yeah. So I think this one's the most wide open. Um, Who do you think? Yeah, who do you think comes out with it in this group? Out of this group.
1: Uh I mean it's tough because Hot Springs plays us right and so it's almost like you were saying you know you don't want to mm. make a pick about a yeah. team that's going to play you you know your own team yeah. um but you know even separating out that game they they have to play Clearwater uh, which is another good team and obviously Jefferson City Jefferson City is no easy game so i i imagine them dropping at least one game moving forward and Huntington Beach is sitting there at 2 and 1 uh, and that's the team. Yes, but you know they really just need to win that Worcester game. Uh, if they can win one game, then they have Clemson and Lincoln, uh, and mm-hmm. I think they're kind of home free to to winning this at five and one. So that's that's where I would see this going.
0: Okay, cool. Um, one other thing. Um, yeah, let's do it. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so. I wanted to kind of talk through what the uh, bracket would look like today if it, huh, okay. if it sure. happened. Um, so right now, um, the one seed would be San Antonio, then Inglewood, then Montpelier, and St. Paul would be the four seed. Five seed would be Hot Springs, and Arbor would be the um, the six seed. Rockford, and then you, okay, and then Ames. And then Flagstaff, and then Yakima. Um, I'll I'll uh I'll clean this up a little bit just to yeah. a little better. And then for um the the uh the wild cards that would make it in well and then and then okay there's there's a lot to still go. There's two undefeated teams, so it's a little different for the McCall group. But it's Rally in Boston. Plus, rally's plus sixty nine, so Rally would be. Um, the last seed, um yeah. the, the 16th. So, and um, because we had like, we actually had a lot of teams and we have uh, more groups, um, we're doing uh, four wild cards so that there'll be 16. No one's getting buys this year. So it's a little different. Um, but Lubbock um, would be the first wild card with two and one plus 55. Uh, and then Let's see. Uh, Wooster would be the second one, 2-1, and one, um, plus 42. Uh, Aided by a 31-point victory today. Go on. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, let see. Just make sure I'm not missing somebody.
1: Looks like Clearwater to me, right?
0: Yep, Clearwater would be plus 20. Um, and then I guess we would be the next one at plus... Ooh. Yeah, plus seventeen.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're in there.
0: Um, so that would mean that it would be uh San Antonio would actually get to pick their opponent, but for all intents and purposes, we'll say they play rally. Um so it'd be San Antonio, rally, and then on the other side it would be Englewood and Nashville. Mm -hmm. They killed us in uh (laughs) scrimmages, so (laughs) um and then Montpelier, the three seed, would get Clearwater, and St. Paul, the four seed, would get Wooster. Uh, this uh five seed Hot Springs would get Lubbock. and Arbor would get Yakima. Rockford would get Flagstaff, and you guys would get Ames. So, that's if it were to end today. There's obviously a lot that would happen uh, up to that point, but I mean, you know, having uh, also might set up a, that would set up a second round matchup between Ann Arbor and Montpelier, which would be a fun rematch after Montpelier destroyed them today.
1: So, yeah, and I'm pretty sure that was Ann Arbor's only loss last season, right? Yeah, because it was. The title it was. They lost to Montpelier. Yeah, so there's a little bit of history there.
0: For at least at least from this year, they don't have to worry about counting against their uh, regular season records. So, that's nice for them. (laughs) Sure. That's nice for them. So, yeah, I don't know. Coach Blue said, why don't you do that? And I was like, you know what? That's easy. I can do that. Yeah, sure. I could talk about. uh, But, I mean, there's some good games. I mean, those are some really solid teams. And there's also a lot of really solid teams that are are left out. Um, And some of those teams can work their way back in. But, you know, I was – I was kind of surprised. Just like I was, I had really high expectations for Lansing. They got killed, but that that game versus Englewood was crazy. And then they lost to Ocala today. So that they got they got some stuff to figure out. Yeah, without a doubt. Um,
1: so are you gonna do or are is anybody gonna do like a playoff preview podcast for the PNTT?
0: Yeah, I could do that. Um, usually I don't just because it's like we get those we get those things running really fast. I know,
1: I know that's the problem. Yeah,
0: uh, but I could. I mean, I could do a playoff preview podcast where I release the bracket and stuff like that, and uh, kind of get people excited.
1: Yeah, um, that would be fun. I mean, especially if you have the one seed like private message you to pick the, you know, their opponent, right? Then you really could reveal <laughs> reveal it on the podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah. That I've done that before. I think one year I had um, the team that was picking their opponent pick it live on air, like, <laughs> but. I don't know yeah. i <laughs> I like doing these things, um and sure. uh, yeah, so well, anyway, thanks for coming on, coach, yeah, quite a while, but we had fun,
1: oh yeah, absolutely i'm just I'm just hoping you know we're in the bracket as of right now, as you said, I'm hoping we're there next week when it matters,
0: yeah, and you you too, yeah, same here, I mean, there's a lot of tough games for a lot of teams, and you know. You're only seeing a very small part of the, the story right now, you know. And uh, it's like, man, Lubbock's really <laughs> Lubbock's really living off that 45-point win, you know. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah. But One then game. they beat Rockford I mean, today. Yeah. And, you know, they have a really solid – and then they – it's like, but their schedule moving forward is crazy with San Antonio and Montpelier. So that's – schedule makers did them no favors either.
1: You're right. You're right. But I mean, they have that great senior class. So who knows? They could be They could be a real tough out.
0: Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks so much, coach. And uh, we'll talk to everyone later.
1: Great.